What is up everyone? Welcome to episode 129. That's right, episode 129 of Combo's Court and I am Combo. If you would like to support Combo's Court, there's a few ways you could do so, man. First of all, you could rate, review, and punch down on that subscribe button right on your Apple Podcast app. That's right. Leave a friendly comment and a five-star rating. You could share this episode via social media. And another way you could support is become a Combos Court patron. I'll put a link in the description for that. Today's show, Kyle Boone of CBS Sports joins in. You could follow Kyle on Twitter at Kyle underscore underscore Boone. That's K-Y-L-E underscore underscore b-o-o-n-e you know you could follow me on instagram at one two combo that's o-n-e t-w-o-c-o-m-b-o intro music by luca beats let's get into it luca on the track Kyle Boone, CBS Sports. Welcome to Combo's Court, man. How are you feeling today? I'm good, man. I uh, stayed up late, later than I expected, watching the uh, the national championship game, which was which was just a delight. I vowed not to stay up too late because you know I, I already knew what was going to happen, but I just had to watch you know Coach O celebrate a national championship. Like I couldn't miss it. So I'm uh, I'm a little bit groggy this morning. I've had my coffee though, so that's a good thing for uh, for you for sure. I'll be I'll be a little bit less edgy. Yeah, speaking of coffee, I had coffee too late last night, and it kept me up all night. And I hardly slept. <laughs> <laughs> I had one at like seven p.m. I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> yeah, I cannot do that. Like, actually, I cannot have coffee after like three o'clock, or I'll be in that same boat. I'll just be up all night, just sitting there in bed, just just regretting all my life decisions. <laughs> right, right, for sure. Yeah. All right, so let's let's shift to you, um, CBS Sports man. What led you to CBS? Walk us through your career as a writer. Well, it's I've had a, a weird career. Um, I won't I won't tell the whole backstory just because it's it's not that interesting. But okay. um, I started at um, I actually started in healthcare. I studied healthcare administration in college. Got my uh, master's degree in in business, and and went into healthcare administration. Was a financial analyst here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, my buddy started an Oklahoma state sports blog, um, in 2011. And then in 2014, um, when I was doing healthcare stuff, you know, kind of on the side, I would write for his blog and, uh, did that for free for, I want to say like maybe two years covered football and recruiting and that type of stuff. And, um, he got a job with, with CBS sports and, you know, over, you know, the course of two or three years, I kind of, it was kind of like an audition where, you know, I was writing all the time. I was doing all this stuff for free. They needed someone to, to write about college basketball. And I sent my resume over, went through the interview process and, and got hired. So had a decision to make if I wanted to, uh, you know, basically jump ship on my career in healthcare, which, you know, basically what I spent six years of college studying or if I wanted to, you know, have a little bit more fun going to sports and, you know, sports has always been kind of my passion. So kind of just jumped ship, you know, I had no kids, uh, wasn't married at the time and 
have been doing the CBS thing for, you know, going on three years now. Nice. Speaking of CBS, um, <laughs> how much of CBS's focus has adjusted to new media, YouTube, podcasting, social media, just in general? Like, has there been a shift lately or it's been mostly terrestrial radio and TV? Yeah, CBS is definitely, um, you know, I would say they're probably at the forefront of that shift because they, you know, several years ago, they started developing this thing now now called CBS Sports HQ. Uh, it's a free streaming service. Um, you know, it's it's 24-7. Like, they have all of our, our writers, our analysts, um, insiders go on, and, and they have hosts, and it's really professionally done. Um, I just saw numbers today that, that were up just massive year over year based off of um, what they did in 2019 and, you know, it's a streaming service and I think it's kind of the way of the future and, and they're way ahead of, of the game in that front. But, um, that, and, and also in this, in the podcast space too, they are, they are really trying to get ahead of, you know, I think emergency podcasts are, are kind of the way of the future and that's been prioritized too. Um, you know, and then, and then writing as well. So I feel like CBS is kind of, uh, kind of, I, I, maybe I'm being a little bit too homerish here, but they're kind of <laughs> at the cutting edge of a lot of this stuff. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome, man. I love to hear that. Cause I'm a podcaster. So I love to hear it. Um, let's shift to college basketball. Roy Williams. He says, fire him. He's at his lowest moment. Um, man, things don't seem good for Roy right now, but, uh, what do you make of it? It's sad. I hate to yeah. see it. Like, um, you know, last year, I think he went through kind of a similar streak and, I feel like it's kind of an annual event where, you know, at some point in the season, Roy Williams is going to go into a press conference and, and just completely obliterate his coaching and say he's the worst coach ever, should be fired. And then every year, North Carolina kind of turns it around and, and they get to the NCAA tournament. That's kind of how North Carolina has been under Roy Williams. But right. um, I don't think that's going to happen this year. It's, it's really weird. North Carolina, their talent level is down. Cole Anthony is hurt. Um, this is not a vintage North Carolina team. And uh, Roy earlier, I think it was earlier this month, went into you know a press conference and he kind of admitted that, you know, as, as an assistant coach, when he was kind of cutting his teeth in coaching, there were, there were some of his mentors who were really concerned about how hard he took some of these losses. And you're kind of seeing that bear out in real time in public. And it, it's really weird to see because, you know, he's a Hall of Fame coach. There's nothing you could really do to change the perception of him as a coach. And and he's having a down season. He's taking it so hard. I, d I don't quite understand it because there's not a whole lot he can do personally. I, I don't think he can change the talent level. This team just isn't very good. But, yeah, it's it's weird, man. It's weird to see. Is there a timetable for the return of um, Cole? There's not. Um, you know, I think he has been out a little over a month. Uh, I think he had like a – fairly minor knee scope okay um <clears throat> to i think to repair something in the knee but you know i th i wouldn't be surprised if he didn't play this season i i think there's kind of uh maybe a debate behind the scenes between some people who who think that he won't return this season or some who think he will i kind of would be surprised if he did you know he's coming back to at this point you know a, a team that probably isn't going to make it the NCAA tournament i don't think there's a whole lot of reason for him to rush back Right. And, you know, I think whether or not he plays again this season in college basketball, he's still going to be a top five pick in the NBA draft. So I don't see him probably risking it and, and taking the chance of getting hurt again ahead of the NBA draft. He's obviously going to be a one and done player. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I, I think we're kind of getting to that point where people are going to start asking questions of, you know, is is he going to play? Because I think it's been kind of enough time to where he's he's probably healthy enough to play. 
Um, so some, some questions that uh, will have to be answered and it's kind of an awkward time right now for North Carolina. So from a business standpoint, it just doesn't make sense for a call. It might, you know, I, I, on one hand, I don't think it does because he's going to be almost a lot to go top five. But on the other hand, I feel like this is the year where if you are a borderline top five pick or, or a surefire top five pick, try and make your case to be the number one, number one prospect in this class, because I feel like the number one player right now is kind of wide open. Like I, yes. I would prefer LaMelo Ball. Really? Um, a lot of people like Anthony Edwards. Um, but, you know, I don't think there's any one player in this class that has really separated themselves as the clear-cut number one player. Like last year um, with Zion Williamson, he was clearly the best prospect in the class. And, um, you know, he, he could have played, you know, 10 games and, and we would have known that he was going number one overall. There's still really no clarity as to who is going number one overall in this class. So, you know, maybe if I was Cole, I would consider that because I think he could definitely improve his, his stock. But, you know, I think his floor right now, he's not going to go past number five. And business-wise, you know, I, I would take being a top five pick. That, that's a lot of guaranteed money. Right. Uh, Cole's injury, LaMelo and RJ to Australia. Wiseman leaves Memphis. Is this the lowest moment in terms of top-end talent for the NCAA? It kind of feels like it. And I feel like it's becoming a trend, right? Because – you know, some of these players like, like James Weisman, who's, who was out obviously with the NCAA stuff or Cole Anthony, who's out with a knee there. There's a lot of players and a lot of prospects who are NBA draft prospects who I don't think are, are necessarily in a rush to get back. You know, I think college basketball is in this weird spot where players are finally realizing their, their actual value yeah. um, to the sport. And, and they're not rushing back. Cole Anthony is a pretty good example of this where what's, what's the rush, you know, what, what's worth the risk. It's not worth it to try and rush back. And um, you know, as, as a whole, I think the sport is kind of suffering and I think we're seeing players now they're going overseas to play, you know, for, for, um, for money. They're not going to the NCAA and not getting paid. They'd rather go follow the LaMelo ball route, the, the RJ Hampton route, get paid for a year and then be drafted as a top 10 prospect. So it'll be interesting to kind of see this trend unfold. And I, I still think college basketball, the, the exposure you get being on TV last yeah. year was, was a perfect example with RJ Barrett and, and Zion Williamson and even John Morant, who wasn't on TV every night. He was on TV often enough that it was a ton of exposure and you kind of can't replace that. Um, but at the same time, you know, I think, you know, if you, if you have a chance to make multi-million dollars in a year where you're kind of preparing for the NBA draft, I don't see why people wouldn't do that. Right. Is it fair to say that Anthony Edwards has the highest NBA upside in college basketball? Anthony Edwards' highest upside. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um, he was my number one prospect last month. I, I think I probably prefer LaMelo just slightly ahead of him, but I, th I think that's probably right. I think with NBA spacing, his shot creation just is, is fabulous. Yeah. Um, there's going to be a lot of uh, James Harden comparisons to, to uh, Anthony Edwards. I don't think that's quite fair. I don't think he's the same type of shot maker right now. He's not as consistent, but yeah, his upside is, is crazy. And, you know, he's still a teenager. He has a lot of room to grow. Right. I think, I think he has the most upside. It's funny. Yeah. And I, and I don't, this is not a diss. This is what I saw when I watched him play. Um, I see a super Lance Stevenson. I don't know. That's just what pops in my head. I love that comparison. Yeah. 
Yeah, I like that. And he, he plays the same way as Lance, just no fear. Right. Um, yeah, he, he's a guy who you – know, yeah, I've talked to scouts who are like, this, this shot selection is just horrendous. And he's got the ultimate green light. You know, he can take any shot he wants. And that's both a good thing and a bad thing because when he's really got it rolling, um, you know, the shots that he can make are, are just absurd. And his highlight reel is going to be awesome. But he also makes takes some shots that, you know, brick off the backboard and don't hit the rim. And you're like, what is this guy doing? But right. if he's able to kind of put it all together, I'm, I'm with you. I think he's got the highest upside. Yeah, and what he has over Lance is he – at times, he's not a willing passer, but he does have great vision, good pass yeah. with either hand, and great reads off pick and rolls. I just think sometimes he's not willing, but he does have the vision. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. All right, so, you know, in the short stint that we got to watch James Wiseman play, what did you learn from it? He's a great defensive player. Um, yeah, I, I, I would have liked to see more just because, you know, I think the quality of competition he played probably wasn't ideal. Um you know, but his stats look really good. His counting stats look really good. And I think he can be a defensive anchor at the NBA level. I really do. I think that's probably his his pitch as as a prospect is is just a lockdown defender on the back end of a defense. I think he's he's got ability to stretch the floor as a three-point shooter. I, I don't know if he's gonna be able to be consistent in that regard. But yeah, like if if I had a top five pick and, and Anthony Edwards is off the board and LaMelo Ball was off the board. Um, I would consider taking him, especially if I needed a big man. I, I feel like the Warriors would be the perfect fit for him. I don't know where they'll be picking, but if they end up with, you know, the number three pick and he falls to number three, I, I feel like that would be a perfect fit. You know, he could be kind of the anchor for, for the Warriors defense. He could be a really good rim protector. That is kind of where he's going to fit in and, and make his bones in the NBA. Right. In your mock draft piece, uh, you mentioned R.J. Hampton as being a safe pick. Why so? Yeah, I, I think his he showed a lot this season. I'm, I'm really impressed with what he's been able to do. He's, he's a pretty good shooter. Um, he's kind of shown some potential to be kind of a, like a second guard or, or maybe even a lead guard. He's shown some passing ability that I think is, is going to translate. And just his shot, shot making and shot creation, I think, is going to translate. So, He's, he's, a, he's a plus defender. I think he'll fit in really well with NBA spacing. And I think long-term, he has a lot of potential, a lot of upside that just makes me feel really confident and really good. You know, if I'm taking him with, you know, the sixth, seventh, seventh somewhere around there in the, in the 2020 NBA draft. Right. Despite the recent <clears throat> injury, do you, feel yeah. that Aaron, that, do you feel that Aaron Nesmith is, is a safe pick as well? I do. Yeah. Th- that's a guy who I was, I was trying to kind of get ahead of uh, because I feel like maybe not a lot of people were paying attention to him, but he's been leading the SEC in scoring for, I, I think, two months now. And he's been really, really impressive. Last year, he was a guy who um, kind of popped to me. I thought he, he showed a lot of potential as a shooter. Um, but, you know, he is just a gifted scorer, a gifted shooter. And I think for a team that's probably wanting some three-point shooting and some defense, some length, he makes a lot of sense. He's a guy who I think can fit in pretty much with any NBA team. Um, and so, you know, for that, for that reason, I feel like he would be kind of in that category of safe pick, a guy who I think his, his skill set, what he does, what he brings to the table is going to translate immediately. All right. So, uh, Kyle, from watching college basketball this season, uh, guys who've raised their stock, Obviously, Obi Toppin comes to mind, but who else are some of the – give me three guys that raised their stock this year. Oh, yeah, okay. 
Uh, let me pull up my mock draft here because okay. I, uh, I I don't want to skip anyone. But Obi is definitely uh, the the number one that comes to my mind. Obi was a guy who earlier this year I think really popped because you know he he had some off season stuff where he was just dominating the competition and a lot of a lot of scouts were really really eyeing him because they thought he had a chance to break out. He is kind of this year's John Morant. Um, right. You know, obviously plays a different position, but yeah, just his his freakish athleticism, the the way he's able to stretch the floor, he he's emerged as a really good offensive weapon, and I think the versatility he brings on defense um, is going to make him a top ten pick. Um, another one I I I keep coming to that I just can't stop watching Tyrese Halliburton from Iowa State, a really really interesting point guard prospect last year. So he's kind of like this this um, analytics darling, right? Like he didn't put up these eye-popping numbers. He was on an Iowa State team that had multiple NBA players on it now. Um, but he's six foot five. He's like 190 pounds, 180 pounds. He's really, really thin, but just a fantastic three-point shooter. He led the – I believe he led the NCAA or was second in the NCAA as a freshman – in assist to turnover ratio and he he's doing that again this season he's really really efficient um i think he can be a starting point guard in the nba and i think he will be a top 10 pick um a guy that i think entered the season probably as a fringe first round pick and he's really improved his draft stock um the third one i will highlight another one i've been watching tape on that i really really love precious achua from Memphis. James Wiseman obviously has not been playing for Memphis. He, he left the team and signed with an agent. And Achua's kind of benefited from that. Achua's, he's a six foot nine forward who plays with just an abundance of energy. He's really fun to watch, plays above the rim. And uh, I think he's going to translate. He's super versatile. You know, I think probably his best position in the NBA might be kind of as a small ball center. Um, but, you know, he doesn't have a lot of um, offensive talent I would say he's not maybe like a a three-point shooter and maybe he can add that later in his career but just his defense his energy I think will translate and now right now I think I have him as a lottery pick and uh, going into season I think he was probably also on that fringe first round so three guys who to me has have stood out this year really improved their draft spot draft stock could all be uh, lottery picks this summer where do you land on Mac McClung as a pro? Oh, that's a great question. I have not thought about this. Um, I've kind of discounted it because I, I don't see it. But really? the way he, yeah, the way he's played the past month is, is making me kind of question myself. You know, he's got the athleticism, obviously, can create his own shot. Talk me into it. You seem in. No, I'm, what cons- I do think he has the athleticism, and I'm not yeah. all the way in because – he, while he's a great athlete, I don't see a fluid athlete yes. when I watch him play. And I think that's big time when it comes to the NBA, just being fluid, you know, be able to change speed, change pace. And obviously his top-end athleticism is there, but that's right. where I kind of don't see it. But he can knock it down, which is very important in today's NBA. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. You know, I, I think his size may hurt him eventually. Yeah, six, that too. Six foot two. That too. Um, I, I think that that's one of the concerns I think Adi Joseph, uh, one of my editors, has about Anthony Edwards. And uh, Anthony Edwards plays shooting guard. You know, I think he can be a lead guard in the NBA, but Edwards is six five, And yeah. um, 
I don't, I'm not personally concerned about it. You know, I think, I think his, his shot creation and the way he separates and, and can get a shot off will translate no matter what. But yeah, if you're, if you're six foot two trying to make it as a point guard in the NBA, that'd be tough. Dan Viad Vial, what do you think about his game? He's good, he's, man. He's really good. And, and he's improved um, over the last month or so. Um, you know, he's, he's been playing in the pros as, as kind of like the youngest guy on the circuit for a really long time. And I think that's, that's obviously going to translate. You know, you look at guys like RJ Hampton, Lamella Ball, who are having su- success overseas. Denny's kind of in that same category where he's, he's just popping against older guys, more athletic guys. And, um, you know, I think he's going to be a guy who, who probably is going to be a lottery pick. Um, I think I have him number 13 on my board, but just love the size. You know, I think he can be kind of a, a two-way player in the NBA and six foot nine. You know, that, yeah. that, that type of stuff translates. Right, right. Um, Kyle, man, I'm, I have to be honest with you. Watching college basketball for me is at times tough. Um, yeah. <laughs> is there any changes you'd like to see made to the college game just to make it a more fluid game? Oh, that's so tough. I, first of all, I have to agree with you. Sometimes it really is tough, especially if I'm watching, you know, Iowa State and uh, – in Kansas and then I right. watch you know the Lakers and the Clippers I'm like wow this is this is like yeah. a different, this is a different <laughs> right. sport right um I don't know they they just moved back the three-point line and I thought right. that might be good that's definitely um, good it's a good it's a good start for sure it's a good start um you know just the skill level from top to bottom on on college rosters just just can't compete with with the NBA it's really tough to say what um like if if the college level had some sort of three point revolution, it would be much easier to watch. I, right. I just I just don't see it. I don't know if there's like a just a one change type deal where college level can get better. Right. All right. Well, we have to keep thinking about it. Maybe one day we can come up with a solution. Kyle, it was great yeah. having you on the show. You're always welcome back. And where can we find you? Yeah. So I'm I'm actually on Twitter. Uh, shame on me for being on Twitter, but I'm, <laughs> I'm on Twitter uh kyle double underscore boone i got i got a squatter who uh who's sitting on the single underscore so okay still working still working on that but double underscore for now um so yeah cbssports.com that's uh i'm writing writing stuff every day and so yeah we'll uh we'll be following the the nba draft up until the summer and uh college basketball season man it's uh it's about to get real it's about to get very interesting march is uh quickly approaching For sure. Thanks, Kyle. You're always welcome back on the show. Appreciate it, Andrew. Thank you. Talk soon. Thank you for listening to Combo's Court and big shouts to Kyle for joining in. We appreciate you. Combo Nation, go get this done for me. Go leave a five-star rating and a friendly comment right on your Apple Podcast app. Rate and review wherever you listen to Combo's Court and share this episode with a friend, man, via social media or word of mouth. The continued support has been nothing short of amazing. Appreciate it more than you know. Be on the lookout for episode 130. Combo out.